welcome to the AD's office with Alex Larson and Devin Puckus. What's up, sports fans? Welcome back to another and final game edition for this season episode of the ad's office he's alex i'm devin and we are talking super bowl we are talking dynasty we are talking chiefs and a chief's comeback yeah and first and foremost shout out to the sport of football for those of us who love football uh, encouraging news this super bowl was the most watched telecast of any kind sports or not of all time it had 123 million average viewers at any given moment during the game and over 202 unique viewers tuned in at some point which is up 10% which is a huge margin growth from the last Super Bowl so if you think that football is dying or boycotts or what football's just fine there's a time period a few years ago with a you know certain 49ers quarterback that everyone said they were going to boycott the NFL and then people came back this year and they said if you don't get Taylor Swift off my TV I'm going to boycott the NFL none of you are boycotting come on we're all watching you're just tweeting about how upset you are that you're watching turn it off i don't know yeah i don't i don't know man here's the thing was i upset at who was in the super bowl yes there was one team in red and white which doesn't narrow it down, that I didn't want to be there. That'd be bo- I still watched. Still yeah. watched. There are very few. Lamar Jackson did not watch. I'm sure there are some Lions players that did not watch. That is understandable. Kind, kind of interesting even is in their exit interviews, actually, Dan Campbell, the head mm-hmm. coach of the Lions, he told each individual I player. I saw that. You better watch and you better use it as motivation because yep. we should be in that game. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's my man. That's my dog right there. Yeah, and I, I think eventually the sting of the loss goes away a little bit. Never completely, I assume, but a little bit. And there's a brotherhood where, like, those are your friends. Those are guys you went to college with, guys that you probably have played with in the pros for some of these players. And it's a hard to not care at least a little bit. Yeah, I imagine as far as actual NFL players, very, very few did not watch that game. Yeah, especially when you have a superstar like Patrick Mahomes where we're not just watching a football game, we're potentially watching history be written right in front of us. And we knew that coming in with Mahomes that there was going to be history being written with him somehow. But we also ended up getting history in just the way the game turned out. It was only the second time in NFL history that a Super Bowl has gone to overtime. And this go around, it went essentially all the way to the last second. Yeah, it was crazy. And it was also the first time that we saw the new overtime rules, which we'll get to in a second. But how the game played out, the Niners were up 10-3 at halftime after Christian McCaffrey fumbled on the opening drive of the game. So all things considered for a Niners fan, to be up 10-3 at halftime, you're feeling pretty good. And it it was almost the flip side for the Chiefs. Is I think that those fans were also feeling pretty good because it was like, we're losing, but we very easily could be winning. This is an Isaiah Pacheco fumble, and this is a you know, fluky, not quite muffed punt bouncing off of 
a, a blocker's leg. And yeah, there was a lot of stuff that it was like, guys, the Chiefs aren't getting dominated. I don't care what the score is. The Chiefs are easily in this game. Yeah. And the Chiefs got the ball to start the second half. So going into halftime, the Chiefs are probably thinking, we're, we're in this. Very first drive of the second half, Mahomes throws an interception. That is the moment where the 49ers, I think, needed to play more aggressively and just try to end any hope the Chiefs had. They didn't. It was a bunch of punts back and forth and back and forth. And then a muffed punt that the 49ers dropped, Chiefs recovered. Very next play, Mahomes did what the Niners failed to do, scored a touchdown, and the Niners drove down, scored, but missed the extra point, and it just it felt like the momentum was all in favor of the Chiefs. It there was so much stuff that it was like there's going to be a lot of players that don't get the credit they deserve in this game. There's going to be a lot of players that get way more blame than they deserve in this game. Like I'm going to use Brock Purdy and um, Jake Moody, the 49ers quarterback and kicker as my examples here. Okay. There, there was not a single moment that Brock Purdy stepped off the field after finishing an offensive drive where he was not in the lead. And people are going to say that he didn't do enough. Every single time that he left the field after being on offense, the 49ers had a lead every time. And people are going to say he didn't do a good enough. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. On the flip side, Jake Moody has not been a great kicker this year. We all know that we hate the decision to take a kicker in the third round. It's not like, like we have found reasons to defend Bijan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs getting taken in the first round last year. They both ended up being awesome. And they were first round running backs. Yep. Jake Moody was a third round kicker and has been below average. And the best kickers of all time. Undrafted, primarily. Undrafted. So we have found no silver lining for Jake Moody this year. He had a blocked extra point in the Super Bowl. It was probably his fault. It sucks. He also kicked bombs. Like did kick bombs. Set the record for the longest field goal in Super Bowl history only to have Harrison Butker break it a couple minutes later. But, hey, good night overall for kickers. Exactly. So it's like these guys are going to get blame, and they just don't deserve it at all. And the defense has played great on both sides until it mattered for the 49ers. Yeah, and then goes to overtime. New overtime rules for the playoffs this year. It wasn't a Super Bowl-specific thing. It was the entire playoffs. Yep. We just didn't have any games that were competitive enough to – see it happen and so essentially Mahomes is the reason that this rule got changed yeah because a couple years ago we had the Bills and Chiefs and it goes to overtime and there was just kind of this sense of okay but what if the other guy got a chance yeah old overtime rules if the first team to receive the ball scored a touchdown game's over if they, yes. kick a, if they kick a field goal, the other team gets a shot. Now, with the playoff-specific overtime rules, both teams get an opportunity, regardless of what the first team does. The 49ers won the toss, won the coin toss, elected to receive the ball and go first on offense. They drive down, kick a field goal, Chiefs get the ball, 
Field goal ties it. They keep playing. Touchdown, obviously, wins them the Super Bowl. And I kind of laughed to myself as the Chiefs were trotting on the field. that it, it, it was inevitable. You gave Patrick Mahomes an opportunity to drive down and score to win the Super Bowl, and there's nothing you can do to retaliate. I mean, the proof is in the pudding, right? We have receipts. We tweeted with two minutes left in the regulation before overtime. Mm-hmm. It's time to text your 49ers friends and say, better, knuckle, better luck next year. You know, yeah, go get them next time because you're giving Patrick Mahomes the ball with a minute 40 left and – Yep. He's got to drive the length of the field. Sure, they only kicked a field goal that time around from inside, like, the 20-yard line. That's all they needed. But that sent it to overtime, and you think that the guy that's in the conversation for greatest of all time is not going to win in that moment? You're just as silly as when you thought Taylor Swift wasn't showing up to the game because she was in Japan. They were both inevitable. Inevitable. Also, Taylor got less than a minute of total screen time during the broadcast, so I don't know, calm down if you're bugged with that one. <laughs> But going back to your note earlier a little bit, like you mentioned, overtime rules in the regular season are still, if you get the ball first in overtime, you score, it's a walk-off. You get that touchdown, you're done, you won the game. But in the regular season, you can also tie. Playoffs, we're not tying, baby. No ties. We're going all the way. No moral victories. You got to win it. And it was so interesting, immediately after the game in some of the post-game press conferences, and then lingering into the week after, several 49ers players said they had no idea there were different overtime rules. This irks me so bad. I just, how do you not? And on the other side of that, several Chiefs players said they practiced all postseason with the new overtime rules. And what is the strategy and how do you play that? Because it's different when... It's sudden death versus the other team's going to get a chance. I don't understand why you would want to go first. I I want to cut Kyle Shanahan a tiny, tiny bit of slack because his answer was we were playing to see who got the ball third. And if I get the ball first, then I get the ball third. And I do get that. Like, if you think that your team can score a touchdown, which – We've already mentioned Christian McCaffrey averages a touchdown a game, and he's the best player in either offense that's not Patrick Mahomes and et cetera. I get it. You probably think you're going to score a touchdown, and they did drive the length of the field to get their field goal. But if that's the mentality, if the mentality is we want the ball third, which is what he said, yes, then you need to be playing four-down football on that first possession. You have to score a touchdown. You can't kick a field goal. Because you know if you kick a field goal, the Chiefs are not settling. I mean, right. it, Mahomes even said that had the Niners scored a touchdown and kicked the extra point up seven, the Chiefs were going to go down, score a touchdown, and go for two. They weren't going right. to give the Niners another opportunity. They were going to put it away. No, you're absolutely right, which is why I'm only giving him a tiny, tiny bit of slack. It's like I do get the strategy. But you also have to know the context of where you're playing. This isn't the divisional round. You have to know who you're playing against, and you have to know the stakes. This is the Super Bowl. This is the biggest game in football. This is the biggest game in North American sports in every year that's not a World Cup year. Yep. You got to know that you're going against the guy who is in the convo for best of all time, and you got to know that 
okay, you only scored a uh, a field goal. You know they're going for it every single fourth down if they even get to fourth down. And, and they did. The, the Chiefs they did. did convert a fourth down in overtime. Yeah, and they end up obviously scoring on the Mecole Hardman touchdown as time essentially expired for the win, too. It's like you knew that they were going to be going for the touchdown that entire time. And in a lot of ways, it kind of showed Kyle Shanahan, you just we saw you not be aggressive in the second half mm-hmm. again. We've yep. got the infamous 28 to three loss where Kyle Shanahan now head coach of the 49ers was then the offensive coordinator of the Falcons. Yeah. You were up 28 to three against Tom Brady and you chose to do absolutely nothing to run up your score. Your final score was 28. You scored no points in the second half or and overtime. you lost yep. or overtime. Yeah. No. And it's also fascinating. You mentioned twice in history has a Super Bowl gone to overtime and Shanahan's been on the wrong side of it both times. Both times. Absolutely. I, I'm with you that players like Moody and Brock Purdy, they're going to get more hate than they deserve. Now, to be fair, if you follow followed along on Twitter at the AD's office, shameless plug, I was critical of Purdy throughout the game. He was missing passes. It seemed like the pressure was getting to him, the literal and figurative pressure. To be fair, the Chiefs' defense is excellent. They got better down the stretch, and they blitzed him all night long. That said, it seemed like Shanahan was so determined to prove that he is a good coach and that he can win with Purdy and that they are, are like there's some kind of genius there. Instead of just give the ball to McCaffrey, like you have the but, be- you have the, arguably the best running back in football, maybe the best running back in football in the last five plus years, who had eighty receiving yards and eighty rushing yards, did get that touchdown. That is basically free money if you're betting on McCaffrey, and they went away but, from that in the second half. Even that, and going back to the whole Purdy thing. There was never a single time, not one, where he left the field without a lead. You're telling me he didn't do enough? Like, sure, he missed some passes. Totally valid. I'm not saying he's a top three, top five quarterback in the mm-hmm. league. I am saying he's he's probably top ten, and he deserves some praise for getting them there. And it's like, guys, come on. You really think this is his fault when we now can see it? consistent correlation between Kyle Shanahan dropping the ball figuratively in the Super Bowl. Come on, man, Kyle, figure it out. And another part of why I'm only giving him partial slack. I think a lot of this blame goes on the players and that's been not talked about enough in media since the Super Bowl. Every single fan who pays more than an ounce of attention to football knew the change in the rules for overtime in the playoffs. Also very good point. Every fan that cares about football more than yep. Joe Schmo, you yep. know, how are you paid five, 10, 15, $20 million a year? And you don't know. I yeah. get that your head coach should have told you a hundred percent. It's also, also common sense. Yeah. Now I admit I wasn't familiar enough to recite those rules. They're brand new. I appreciated a quick little recap of the changes from Nance and Romo, but I knew that the playoff overtime rules were different. Yeah, and and you're not paid to know, so I'm definitely not paid. If anybody wants to pay us, we'll, we're uh, open. 
I'm open to it. Yeah. And Brock Purdy came out and he, this is even almost worse for Shanahan is Brock Purdy came out and he said that he did personally know the rules. He thought his teammates knew the rules, but he knew because his quarterback coach told him. Yeah. Not his head coach, not Kyle Shanahan. Right. His quarterback coach. Yeah. And the rest of the team didn't. Yeah. It'll, I mean, we, we will talk about it for several weeks, but it'll also be a story going into next season of does Shanahan ever get over the hump? To be fair, on the other side of the field, Andy Reid had several NFC Championship and Super Bowl appearances that just couldn't get it done, couldn't get it done. But he figured it out. Granted, he figured yeah. it out with maybe the greatest quarterback of all time. True. That that helps. But he also adapted to a very different quarterback than he had had in Alex Smith or even in Philadelphia with Donovan McNabb and the litany of quarterbacks that he had. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. So I've already gone on record to say I don't like the idea of firing a coach just because you can't get over the hump of mm -hmm. elite to championship because you're usually not going to stumble into a guy that is going to get you to that championship. Very true. It happened for the Chiefs, obviously, and for the Eagles, obviously. They end up winning one a few years after Andy Reid was gone for uh, Doug Peterson and company. Mm -hmm. But then Doug Peterson got ran out of town, and then they were trash for yeah. a year. And then they get back, and they lose, and they lose to Andy Reid. And so I'm just – I'm not a big fan of the whole – we were – we were in the Super Bowl and we lost because of this head coach, so we need a new guy. The new guy's probably not going to get you there like the old guy did. Right. No, I think I think Shanahan's job is very secure. Same. Partly because the Niners aren't going anywhere. They're not, Agreed. They're not going to be worse. Purdy will be better next season than this season. Most teams will have more time to study, more film on him. They'll be able to cover him better. But I think there will be a natural progression that he will step up next season. I think the Niners are still a valid threat. So Yeah, I agree. But on the Debbie Downer pessimist side of things, mm -hmm. if that many 49ers players didn't know the rules, mm -hmm. imagine the scene it would have been if they did score a touchdown on that opening drive. That would have been hilarious. So many 49ers. Like, I think there's been five or six that have gone on record so far yeah. to say we thought that if we scored a touchdown, we won the Super Bowl. So they would have reacted like they won the Super Bowl and been confused why there was no confetti. And then when Patrick Mahomes goes out and scores a touchdown and goes for two and wins the Super Bowl, how pissed you, off would they be? Oh, you're devastated. And can you imagine the fire that would light under Mahomes watching? It's like, you, oh, think, yeah. you think you beat me? You think you just mm -hmm. beat me? You didn't beat me. No, no. We've seen you lose one Super Bowl, Patrick, and it was to the guy who you are in debates of, is he the only person better than you? Mm-hmm. No. I mean, the craziest story, I think, of all time, time could still add some stories, but thus far, the craziest Patrick Mahomes story was from a couple seasons ago. He was wearing a heart rate monitor, and his heart rate on the sideline, sitting on the bench was higher than it was when he was on the field. He walks on the field and his heart rate drops because suddenly his destiny is completely in his control and that is where he's most comfortable. I think it's officially time. We've already talked both on and off camera. He's probably already moved himself into the top 
five, maybe he's Mount Rushmore and he's literally like the fourth best quarterback of all time mm. already. Mm-hmm. After this win, how high did he climb? Is he legitimately number two right now behind Brady? Is he number one ahead of Brady? I will short answer. He's not one. Brady's got that spot. And I think there's still a pretty decent gap. He is by far the closest thing to competition Brady has ever seen. By that logic, is Mahomes already number two? Probably. I've been debating this internally for a couple days now, obviously, and here's where I think I've settled. I think Patrick Mahomes is the greatest player of all time. Tom Brady has the best career of all time. Does the best player end up with a better career? Maybe not. Maybe he doesn't get seven rings. Sure. But his ability is better than anything we've ever seen before. That I will give you. Mahomes has better ability than Brady. Mahomes is also in a better situation or has been to start his career than Brady. The Patriots weren't a slouch of a team. Obviously, they won Super Bowls early in Brady's career. Mahomes is positioned very well to six to outdo everything Brady did. That is true, but we also probably would have given Brady that same benefit of the doubt early in his career. Yes, I think you're like, right. Like let's not let's not get over no, the I'm fact not, that I'm not knocking we're Mahomes saying, for it. Yeah. Like we're saying, oh Mahomes Mahomes is better suited because he's got Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady had Bill Belichick, who is still widely considered the best of all time as a head coach. Okay, side note. We'll we'll keep talking Mahomes Brady, but as a side note, I think the conversation about is Andy Reid the greatest coach of all time ahead of Belichick, I think that's a much more interesting conversation. It is an interesting conversation for sure. I think one more ring, if the Chiefs win one more ring with Andy Reid as the head coach, I think that conversation's over. I think Andy Reid's the best coach of all time because he's done it with multiple teams. He didn't win it with Philadelphia, but he was relevant. They were in the Super that's Bowl. That's true. That's a good point. Belichick without Brady was, well, got fired. Yeah. And then Belichick post-Brady effectively got fired. Yeah. That That's a good point. That aside, the Mahomes-Brady thing is, it's a comparison that, unlike LeBron and Michael Jordan, where LeBron has kind of shied away from compa- comparing himself to most people's GOAT, Mahomes said it outright at the Super Bowl celebration in Disney World. He said the goal is always seven rings. That's that's always been the goal. By age 28, Brady had three Super Bowls. Mahomes, age 28, three Super Bowls. Mahomes also has two league MVPs, and Brady did not have one by this point in his career. Not only that, but... Mahomes has three Super Bowl MVPs. Yeah. It's a better start to a career, absolutely. Individual accolades, Mahomes is having a better start to a career than Brady. We've both said Super Bowls are not the be-all, end-all for measuring the greatest of all time. No, they are not. Football's a team sport. Quarterback wins, not really a stat. And quarterbacks contribute to team success more than any other individual player yes totally it's there's a lot of interesting fodder for that conversation though Mahomes Brady and Joe Montana are the 
only three people in football history to have two regular season MVPs and three Super Bowl wins. Elite. I think that right there. Oh, totally. Mahomes is Mount Rushmore, and it's not a conversation. He's top yeah. four. I don't think we can even debate it anymore. Yeah, I'm I'm at that too. I think if I had to pick my top four today, then it's Brady, Mahomes, Peyton, Montana. And I think Montana, who if you would have asked me if when I was a 14-year-old who was the best of all time, I would have been like, ah, Joe Montana is so cool. He's the fourth best at this point. Yeah. I think I agree with the four in order. The inclusion of Peyton Manning, I think, is important because he had five MVPs. That's un- It's unmatched. It's completely ridiculous. And that is an individual award. Obviously, your team has to be decent for you to win an MVP. But the knock on Peyton is always going to be that his head coaches were so much worse than everyone else's head coaches. Yeah. And that just sucks for him. It was just a bummer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And in hindsight, it's interesting because it's almost like, because he didn't have a ton of coach turnover, but it's almost like the coaches kept their jobs because Peyton was so good. But he didn't have a ton of coach turnover, but it was still more than everyone else on the list. Like, he had maybe four, maybe five ever, but that's... That's good. Brady had two. No, that's a good point. You know, Mahomes has had one. Montana, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, but... Yeah. Let's not forget that Peyton was cut from the Colts. Not traded, not a free agent. He was cut because of a neck injury. Not because he wasn't good enough. They just decided... Yeah, we don't really want you around anymore. Not worth the not worth the risk. Only for him to then come back and have the greatest season of all time, undebatably. Yeah, and then win a Super Bowl after that. So did the Colts mess that one up? Eh, probably. But you're right. It's there's a knock on on Peyton. At this point, there isn't a knock on Mahomes, and there isn't a knock on Brady. Right. That's it. Those are those are the two. Which is bizarre. And this playoffs. Mahomes now has 15 playoff wins in his career. Peyton Manning has 14. John Elway has 14. Terry Bradshaw has 14. Joe Montana has 16. So Mahomes is only one game away from tying. So two playoff wins away from being second place with all-time playoff wins. However, and this is why I think there's still a gap to Brady, um, Brady has 35 playoff wins. That is 20 more wins than Patrick Mahomes. If the Chiefs win the Super Bowl every year for the next five years, Mahomes would, granted, have more Super Bowls than Brady. But he would still have the same amount of playoff wins. Yeah, but... So maybe he doesn't make it to the Super Bowl all five of those years. If he makes it to six straight AFC Championship games, he beats Brady... And I wonder if he's made it to six straight AFC championship games yet. He has. He's made it to the AFC championship game every year of his career that he was a starter. It's valid. Which is six. No, it's it's valid. The trajectory is there. I'm not arguing that Mahomes doesn't have potential to knock off Brady and knock him off definitively. I mean, if, if Mahomes plays like this for another... 12, 15 years, 
and matches Brady's career length at this trajectory, Mahomes is breaking every single record that's ever been set by any player. By a lot. It won't even be close. The total yardage, Peyton's season, Drew Brees having 5,000, however many times, all of it's gone. Yeah, I'm with you. And that's kind of what I'm getting at with the idea of Mahomes has the best ability we've ever seen. He's the best individual player, but Brady has the best career. If Mahomes wins, I don't think yes, wins seven to be the GOAT. I think if he wins two, maybe one more Super Bowl, I think he's the GOAT. Especially if he three-peats. If they win next year, Patrick Mahomes is the greatest football player of all time, and I'm not even going to hear a debate about it. Fascinating. Here's no my, one's ever done it, and no, he would do true. it first. And it's been 20 years since any team has gone back-to-back, and it was Tom Brady and the Patriots. A three-peat would, I think, change the math. I think you're right. Yeah. Suddenly that's the where numbers are a little bit different. However, Mahomes has been the starting quarterback for six years. From 2014 to 2020, six seasons for Tom Brady, he had an MVP award, three Super Bowl MVPs, four Super Bowl wins, and he beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs two of those years. Oh, that's a shame Patrick Mahomes doesn't play defense. I'm just saying, if you pick a (laughs) six-year stretch, Brady has a better six-year stretch at the end of his career than Mahomes has, and the head-to-head, while it's not a direct arm wrestle out on the field between Brady and Mahomes, I think it does matter. I think if the if the numbers end up being close on their careers, you have direct head-to-head when it came down to it. Brady's team beat Mahomes' team twice. I'm going to be real. I don't think the head-to-head matters even a little bit. Like I give it 0% credit because... So one of those was in the Super Bowl. Winning Super Bowls definitely matters. I'm not saying the fact mm-hmm. that it was a Super Bowl win is why it doesn't matter. Tom Brady had just left Foxborough. He had just left New England, handpicked his team, got to choose a Hall of Fame tight end to come with him to do whatever he wanted, create his own offense. Like Mahomes with... doesn't have Kelsey? He has Kelsey. He doesn't pick his roster. Brady got to pick from 32 teams. Patrick Mahomes got to pick from one, the one he was already on. Which is completely built around him. Which is very good. It's not, oh, I chose the roster. And then in the other one, we've already talked about the fact that the playoff rules have changed. Mahomes didn't get a chance in that game. It went to overtime and Tom Brady scored first. Mahomes straight up didn't get a chance. Yeah, but under those rules, that was the right... You take the ball first, you go down, you score. You put it away. Yeah, but it doesn't have anything to do with Patrick Mahomes. He got his team to overtime. He literally didn't get to touch the ball again. I'm just saying, at the end of the day, on paper, they played in the playoffs twice. Brady won them both. No, I I get that, and I know that that's going to be the argument. And it's going to be the argument that Patriots fans have forever because Tom and Patrick are never going to play against each other again. Right. It's... I. I'll give you, it's a weak argument if Mahomes has eight Super Bowl rings and five MVPs, that then it, I, then it doesn't matter. And I'm arguing passionately against something that I don't actually care that much about because I'm not a Chiefs fan. <laughs> but I, 
I think the argument is really, really weak because if this was soccer or basketball, mm-hmm. I would hold that against LeBron James all day if we saw him play against Michael Jordan and Michael Jordan won straight up. You play both ways. You play offense and defense. Yeah. You lost straight up, dude. Yeah. It's, That's it, not how football works. It's not quite how football works. And I do think the math, I think it is different. I think for me, I'm not sure four Super Bowls. It Now, a three-peat is... If that, there's a that's three-peat. A, that's a huge factor. Let's assume it's not a three-peat. I'm not sure four Super Bowl wins is enough yeah. for me to say Mahomes is better than Brady. I agree. But let's say it's five. And let's say one of those seasons, Mahomes just destroys the league and he gets MVP. So you're talking five-time Super Bowl winner, three-time league MVP, probably five-time Super Bowl MVP. Okay, that yeah. that's a pretty hefty resume that I'm yeah, yeah, maybe that's better than Brady. But we're yeah, not but I, we're not there. Right. I agree on every count. It's if there's a three P, I'm giving it to Mahomes straight up because that's never been done. It's something Brady could Brady had multiple chances to do it. He repeated twice. Neither time did he three P. But if if it's just four and it's not a three peat and you know whatever, I don't think that gets it done. Yeah. But so, like you said, five, uh, it's it it's probably a, gets it done. And absolute all the credit in the world to Patrick Mahomes, to Andy Reid, to the Chiefs, because we're not talking about is Patrick Mahomes in the top five all time. We're talking about is he close enough to actually compare to the absolute unquestioned greatest of all time in six years. Yeah, the fact that it's no longer unquestioned when he's barely been retired for Brady is disgusting. That's just yeah. filthy. Yeah, no, it's it's bizarre. Like, Brady is the greatest of all time, full stop. Mahomes is the closest thing we have ever seen to him in terms of success. You're right, more talented player, more athletic player, but there is absolutely an element of killer instinct that sets apart the great quarterbacks. Because there have been some phenomenal athletes who have been terrible NFL players. Oh, totally. Mahomes is at a point where he, I mean, he's athletic enough. He has much better arm talent. And he seems to be processing the game in a way that he can just dissect other teams. Which is a little reminiscent of how it felt when you watch Brady, when you watch the Patriots, watch that dynasty. It was just, it's inevitable. Brady walked out on the field and you could see it in his face. He was not losing that game. It's inevitable is the perfect way of saying it. I think it's right on the nose. It's just like, guys, come on. (laughs) Was there ever a doubt? There's, There's a meme that's gone around for us NFC North fans that is a picture of I can't remember if it's Bears fans or Vikings fans, but it's basically a Packers game against another NFC North team where the other team scored with two minutes left and it was to take the lead. And then it's just a Packers fan surrounded by opposing fans that just is smiling and says they don't realize they left too much time. And it's like, yeah, you know, we all lost to Aaron Rodgers in that way. We all are depressed and cry about it every night, you know? Yep. It's, you're playing against the Chiefs in the playoffs or the Super Bowl. 
Yep. You're either getting blown out or you're having that feeling. I'm, and I'm sure that Brock Purdy and the 49ers offense, McCaffrey, Debo, Ayuk, I'm sure they were sitting there on the sideline in overtime with Mahomes yeah. kind of jogging out onto the field, nonchalantly ready to inevitably tear the defense apart, do everything that he needed to do to drive down and win that game. If it exists, which I'm sure it does, it probably won't get released because it's negative for their own team. But I'd be willing to bet that there's some mic'd up footage out there of a player on the 49ers sideline shaking their head and saying, we left too much time. Yep. There have been seven double-digit comebacks in Super Bowl history. Patrick Mahomes has done it in all three of their Super Bowl wins. Yeah, they were they were down 10, and they came back. Yep. All right, before we wrap it, a couple things, story or not a story. Greenlaw tearing his Achilles walking onto the field. I think it's a story. I think it, it I think it changed the 49ers defense. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know that it changes the outcome. Right. But I I assume the communication between Greenlaw and Fred Warner there in the middle you can't just swap somebody else in there. And what a terrible, discouraging, devastating injury to rupture your Achilles hopping on the sideline as you're about to walk on the field. Yeah, literally stepping onto the field. You don't make it two feet out there and just gone. Done. Yep. So I think it's a story, but I don't think we can say it would have changed the outcome. Uh, the Chiefs, I, I do think this one's a story. They allowed only four big plays, so 25 yards or more, all postseason. They played the Dolphins, who put up 70-plus. They played the... Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills. They played the Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens. And then they played the Christian McCaffrey ultra-weaponized 49ers offense. They only gave up four big plays the entire run. Yeah, for those of you who haven't been listening to the AD's office all season, that's four of the top five offenses in the NFL outside of the Chiefs. The fifth is the Lions. But they played four of the top five offenses in the NFL and gave up four big plays. Yeah. I do think this is one's a story. I'm right there with you. It's yeah. It's more so that I think the story is less that they didn't give up big plays and more that this was the worst offense the Chiefs and Mahomes have had since he became the starter. Yep. But the defense was so good for them and Mahomes was so clutch and so incredible. That. It's that. The t- the combination. Yep. In their worst year, they're the Super Bowl winners. Man, man, we were both born in Iowa. We should have been freaking. We could have been fans. my my neighbor. <laughs> my neighbor growing up was a Chiefs fan, and I always thought he was ridiculous because he was cheering for Priest Holmes, and it was like, who are like, come on? Yeah, Priest Holmes is cool, and Jamal Charles is cool, but like, they kind of suck. Like you, which you I was are, a Lions fan. You guys but... are terrible. Yeah, no, I. He was right. He was right. He was right. I'm going to have to send this to him. Another story that maybe is or isn't, Travis Kelsey shoving Andy Reid made it on the national broadcast. I'm going to say like half a story. Sure. We've seen players do this before. It's not really that big of a deal. They, you know, yell and they get rowdy. And Andy Reid came out and said what happened after the game. He said, yeah, put me 
in the game. I sh- I could score right there. Come on, coach. Don't leave me out to hang. Yep. I could score right there. And it was right after Isaiah Pacheco's fumble in yep. the red zone. We all knew what he said. It's not sh- Andy didn't have to tell us. No, Kelsey was mad because he was on the bench for that play. Right. I tweeted it during the game. I've said it before. I think there are moments where Kelsey is frustrated that his body does not respond the way it used to. His, I think he is physically declining. Mentally, I think he's the same. I think he can still understand coverages. He knows how to make moves work. He knows how to use leverage. I think his body is beginning to decline, and there are moments where he seems frustrated because a year ago, a couple years ago, he's making that play. He's making that break in less time, which gives him better success. And I think Andy Reid is seeing that too, and he's saying, look, Trav, sit this one out. And that infuriated him. I'm going to disagree a little bit. I don't necessarily think that that's why he was on the sideline. I think... I think that the Lions and Packers absolutely exposed the 49ers. Yes. And we saw that they had a terrible run defense. Yes, we did. That's and true. And we're, we're at like the seven-ish yard line. Yeah. Pacheco, you run angry all the time. It's like you're mad at the ground. Go out there. Yep. You know, just score real quick for us. Versus Kelsey, you're getting shadowed by two of the top five linebackers in the NFL. Yeah, we're just going to run this in real quick. I if I had to guess, that was probably why he wasn't in, mm-hmm. but maybe like there's no way to know what you're saying could definitely be true. Yeah. Hard to know. I, I think from a football perspective, yeah, half a story from a, mm, let's call it culture perspective, a player thinking that he can cuss out the head coach and shove him on the sideline. That's problematic. That's a little bit concerning for sure. Andy said that it wasn't like an intentional shove. He kind of like ran into him kind of thing. Which I don't know how true that is. Yeah, I don't know. I I trust the Chiefs to handle it in the locker room. Yeah. That's where it should be handled. Yeah. We don't need to talk about the repercussions. Mm-hmm. If Andy's upset, well, bench Kelsey or cut Kelsey, but you're not going to cut him. So. And at the end of the day, I think that it was – one of the most passionate players in the NFL being passionate. And it wasn't different than we've seen him be for the last 10 years. Valid. And his girlfriend's in the stands. Come on. Yeah, come on. You probably saw his girlfriend once or twice. And final story that isn't a story I'm just going to tell you right now. Statistically, we talked about luck. I think it was week 13. Go figure. And how the Lions and Vikings and the recovering fumbles and literally the way a ball bounces. Some teams get lucky. Some teams do not. The 2023 Kansas city chiefs are statistically the luckiest playoff team of all time. They had almost a full game added off of lucky bounces. And I will tell you right now why it's not a story. Luck doesn't score the touchdown. Luck doesn't end the play. You take advantage of the good bounces. And that's what makes you great. That's all the super bowl winners. Every mm-hmm. Super Bowl winner every single year, it's not always the best team. It's no, the team we that saw takes the Giants it. win twice. It is the yep. The teams that take advantage of those opportunities are the teams that we remember as great teams. And not only that, but like they played the most games. Also that. So, Stati- so they're gonna have the most statistics towards them. Yep. 
You think we're seeing the Rams as the most lucky team? No, they played one game. They don't have as many opportunities to be lucky. It's true. Surface area. Give yourself more opportunities to score. Well, like like the 49ers. The 49ers were a one seed. The Chiefs were not. They The 49ers were in the Super Bowl, so they played the next most amount of games. Yeah. The Chiefs still played more games than the 49ers. It's true. That wild card game gives them a whole 60 minutes of potential luck surface area, and they capitalized. That's what champions do. Now, That's what champions do. Before we close it, I tweeted during the game, right after the game, I believe, that it is officially a dynasty. You seem to think it might have already been a dynasty. I think so. I mean, I don't think a dynasty necessarily. Uh, you have to win championships to be a dynasty. Yes. I don't think you always have to win every championship to dynasty. To no, be a dynasty. But you mentioned those New York Giants. They won two Super Bowls in a span of five years. In the years in between, they missed the playoffs entirely twice. Exactly. They were Which not is... a dynasty exactly and that's kind of my argument is the chiefs have been to six straight afc championships hosted five of them and the sixth one they beat the one seed mvp led lamar jackson ravens they were all and had two super bowl wins and a third appearance to show for it in that five-year stretch now six years i think they were a dynasty already now it's not a debate now it was a question mark now it's it's a dynasty back to back golden state they're Golden State. Kansas City, top of the world. That said, which team do you think is more likely to be in the Super Bowl next year? In a word. Chiefs. I'm going Niners. I think the NFC is going to be so much better next year. I the think Niners were debatably the worst team in at least two of their playoff matchups. I agree. I also think the AFC is already better than the NFC. And it's a harder road. It's a harder road but your road is led by Patrick Mahomes. And there's that. So, closing thought, the Super Bowl was in Las Vegas. If you think that you can beat Las Vegas, if you can pull one over on the odds makers, the over-under on this game for points scored was originally set at 47.5 points. It closed just before kickoff at 46.5 points. The final score was 25-22 which would be 47 points scored. The house always wins. Especially against me, who took the over at 47 and a half. And on that note, good night, everybody. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the AD's office. Make sure you follow along on social media, Instagram and Twitter, at the AD's office. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, share this with your friends. Share this with your moms. We'll be back with some off-season chatter every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. See you next week. See ya. Thanks for joining us in the AD's office. Tune in next week as we take you through our takes on the NFL.